0: This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland.
1: Alright, let's get this going. Hello everyone and welcome to UniLife. Life. My name is James Maguire and with me today I have Gabrielle O'Brien. Hello, how are you going?
0: I'm good, how are you?
1: I'm not too bad, I have a little... Um, a do <laughs> you, you see that amazing transition?
0: Amazing,
1: amazing transition. Um, oops, I love your wrinkles. little beat
0: opener. Yeah, it's really good. I,
1: I stole it, so nah. it is. It is not mine. But anyway, how are you going? I'm are you good, well?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm keeping an eye on the election, the American election yes. today. I've been running around keeping that is, an eye on it.
1: That is happening. So who do you, who do you think's gonna gonna win? Hmm?
0: I don't like either of them, but I feel like Biden is the lesser evil. Mm -hmm. I would like to see him go into office, but I don't know. I don't know. We don't live in America, so we can only go off the press. And you don't know how accurate the press Mm. is reporting on, like, the influence of the American community. So it's hard to tell where the votes are going to go.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Like I, I feel like people care more about the U.S. election than they did their state election, I, and that was, and that agree. was really frustrating. Cause I was like, I don't know who to vote for. I'm just gonna vote for whoever my parents tell me. Yeah. But then they know all the linguistics and everything about the Biden. And Trump. I was like, dude, just yeah. Like know know what's happening, please. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm just glad I'm not an American mm-hmm. watching what's going on oh, over there at the moment.
1: Hundred percent. Now, look, in uni life, for the people who haven't listened before, what I do is I get on my guest and we talk about their life uh, before uni, during mm-hmm. uni, and then their plans for the future. So, yes. Gabrielle, you are a 23-year-old uh, third-year student of a Bachelor of Creative Arts majoring in film television and radio
0: yes yes did exciting I, did, stuff
1: did, did i nail that <laughs> you did you is, nailed is, it is that pretty much correct yeah we, we were saying in the um producers room before when i speak to people who are involved with university i tell, tell them i do a i did a bachelor of arts majoring in journalism mm-hmm. but when i see people who aren't i just say i did a journalism degree yeah And with you, you just said you do a film degree.
0: I do. And it it ruffles a little bit of feathers, Mm. I think, with certain people. I could see
1: Spencer loving that. Yes. It's
0: mainly, I just, when you tell people you're doing a TV and radio degree, Mm. I think they get a little bit confused as to what you actually do. Like, Mm -hmm. they think, most people tend to think I do journalism when I tell them I do TV and radio. Mm. They don't realize I'm a lot more creative and I'm making videos and Mm -hmm. packages and things. And... There is a little bit of element of journalism, I guess, to mm. doing TV and radio. But I just tell people I do film because they get a broader understanding that, you know, we, we're making videos and we're doing those sorts of things.
1: Would you say it's like the easiest way for you to convey that it's a creative subject instead yes. of a journalist subject? Yeah. Which there's not a lot of like there is creativity in journalism. But um, I don't think that's what people think when they hear journalism.
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. It's more just me being lazy, not having, I don't want to get into explaining. Yeah, it's hard. Like the toothpicks of my degree. Because when
1: you see your grandma at Christmas, you don't want to be like, hey, this is the everything about my degree. Because they're just going to stand there and smile. And be like, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. next grand, Next grandchild, please. Yes. Yeah. You just, you just want to tell them the, the basics. Uh, but look. With this uh, podcast, we bring it all the way back. So I want to know where you were born, where you were raised, mm-hmm. and what were you like as a child?
0: Um. Well, I was born at the Mother Hospital in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like 1 a.m. to get specific. Wow, 1 a.m. on go. the 1st of May, 1997. My parents were blessed with their first child.
1: Noise. Nice.
0: nice. Um, and yeah, I I grew up in Jimboomba. Mm-hmm which is out near Bow Desert, for those of you who don't really know Southeast Queensland.
1: You would say like west of Brisbane or? No,
0: still Southeast. Still southeast. It's about It's about 20 to 30 minutes from here if you were to go to the Coast but down, if that cool. makes sense. Okay. Kind of near the base of Mount Tambourine.
1: Sweet. Yeah, I grew mm-hmm.
0: up there. Um, I have lived in the same house um, up until I was 22 years old. Wow. I've recently, my parents relocated to Springfield and mm-hmm. I now grow I now live here, mm-hmm. which is great. I live like five minutes away from uni. It oh, is amazing. Perfect. Yep. Um yeah, I went to a private ecumenical school.
1: Uh, a what?
0: An ecumenical school. So it's not just Catholic. Okay. It's it follows all four main Christian religions. So Catholic, Anglican, Lutheran and Is Mormon one? No, no, no. no. And what I say, Catholic, Anglican. Lutheran. There's another one. I graduated in 2014. Don't hold it against me. I can't remember them all, but yeah, they follow all branches of Christianity.
1: Full on. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not Catholicism. It's it's Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So would you say that you and your family are quite religious, or is it just a nice school?
0: Um. Look, it was a nice school. It was the only private school in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two public schools, but my, both my parents went to private schools, not oh. like fancy, like elite. Just they watched what would happen at the public schools in that area mm-hmm. and they weren't great. There was lots of suspensions and bullying mm-hmm. and the school that they ended up enrolling me in the year they enrolled me in kindergarten or prep, whatever it was called, was the first year that the school opened. Wow! So I was one of the I was the first cohort to go all the way from kindergarten to grade twelve and graduate. Cool, um, which was cool. So they
1: so they're from kindergarten. Yes. Wow! I haven't heard I haven't heard about one of those. I got to prep to year twelve.
0: Yeah. Not only did I live in the same house my whole life, I went to the same school my whole life.
1: Very structured. Yes. Very very structured. Wow! So did you enjoy school? Did you?
0: I mean, as much as every other kid kind of enjoy school I was very lucky in the sense as I said before I enrolled when the school opened Mm -hmm. there were 50 students in the whole of the school when the school opened so I knew all the teachers and all the teachers were kind of friends with my dad I took my pet (laughs) I had a pet baby cow when I started school and actually took it in my dad's ute for show and tell one day (sighs) And the whole school came and pat our pet cow, Hamish. What is going <laughs> to, on? Yeah, kind of. What to, is going
1: on?
0: <laughs> to put into perspective how s- small, tight-knit community wow. my school was when I started there.
1: That's amazing.
0: When I got all the way through to grade 12, there were 80 people in my graduating class. So it grew quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the teachers and the higher-ups stayed the same.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: they, all my teachers and the ladies that were in the office and reception and the principal, they would known me since I was like, four or five Mm -hmm. and they knew me up until I graduated when I was 17 years old and my dad was on the school board and he was he had a very friendly mateship with a lot of my teachers Mm -hmm. I still stand by that some of the female teachers had a crush on him I stand by that (laughs) um but I was very lucky where I didn't really get bullied because all the I was there for so long all the teachers knew me um I'm I, looking back at it, I definitely was favoured by a lot of the teachers, I think, because um, they were so friendly with my dad and they would have barbecues and I would go to these barbecues and my teachers would be there. And so I had a, I was very lucky mm-hmm. um, in the sense where I kind of breezed through high school. I didn't really, I flew kind of under the radar. I wasn't one of the popular kids, but I also wasn't like, a, I didn't get bullied or anything.
1: Right. Well, that's very different to me because I went to a public school at the start when I was like real young and then I was getting bullied there. Mm-hmm. So then my parents who did not have private school money took me to a private school mm-hmm. and then I was lucky enough to go through private school. But like, like I finished up and I had like 200 kids in my grade. Mm-hmm. Like I was always in a massive school. That's insane mm. to me. So, cause uh, I had another girl on last week, Emily, who was in a more of a rural town mm-hmm. and yeah, she had a, a very small school. And what I'm interested to know is clearly, you know, like you knew all the teachers, they all knew you. It was quite a small cohort. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I'm jumping a little bit, but I'm really interested to know when you kind of got thrown out into the big world and went to university, Mm. what was the shock like for that?
0: Um, I struggled, but in ways that I didn't think I would. Um, So, yes, I grew up in the same house and I grew up at the same school my whole life. But my parents were very aware that I was growing up in the same house, in the same school. They didn't want me to grow up sheltered in this little bubble. So my family went out of their way to actually take me and my sister overseas every two years, we would go, um, to Europe or Asia for about two months every two years. Um, so we grew up traveling. I wasn't afraid by the time I was, I think maybe 13, we did France for a month. And my parents would like drop me off and we'd be in a hotel in Paris and I'd wake up, not go off on my own in Paris. And I don't speak the language and I would just wander around and I'd meet back my family at like 1am. I'm well, not 1am, 1 1pm. 1 but like we didn't have phones or anything because, and like, so I grew up in that kind of sense where I became very confident in other cultures and other people and street smart. Wow. Um, but after graduating high school, I won't name the university, but I didn't know really what I wanted to do, to do really. And being a private school, they kind of push you to go to uni. Yeah. So I enrolled in a bigger school, you uni- know, one of the bigger universities in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And I really struggled. I had never been in the situation where I didn't know anyone kind of in that mm. kind of class setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really struggled to make friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I only lasted a year and a half. I did a general creative arts degree. So I was I did a little bit of journalism. I did ancient history. I did magic of the old world. I did a little bit of drama. I did some film classes. Like I dabbled in everything. Right. And I loved the archaeology kind of subjects. But I just didn't... I could tell I didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. And I really struggled with that. And towards the beginning of my second year it really started to affect me I think like because I was like you know I'm just finished my first year I don't have any friends here like
1: and yeah, I, I ended tough. up
0: dropping out I I failed a lot of my classes mm. and I was like I can't do this I failed mm. I'm leaving and so I left took a year and a half off and then accidentally enrolled at USQ actually <laughs> it was like an absolute fluke I enrolled in this degree
1: now look before we get Right into the crux of going into USQ. I Mm -hmm. do want to bring it back to high school. Yes. And I want to know, you're in high school and just like me, I assume about year 10, they're going, Mm. what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. Um, At year 10, what was your plan? And then from there, how did everything unfold to get to that certain university you didn't enjoy as much?
0: Um. I was one of those kids that wanted to be everything growing up. I wanted to be a zoologist. I wanted to be everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go a little bit earlier to explain. Right. When I was in grade three, okay. I vividly remember what first piqued my interest in the film industry. And my dad is a massive Lord of the Rings fan. And my mom thought me and my sister were too young to watch Lord of the Rings. hmm but my mum went away for one weekend and I'd been <laughs> nagging my dad. I was like, you love this movie. Like, you love this movie. You Talk about all the time. I want to watch it. He was like, it <sighs> was like, don't tell your mother. And so he put on um, all three Lord of the Rings movies. And I think I was like eight or seven. And I watched them. And I think it's about an hour and a half into the first Lord of the Rings movie. I don't know. Have you seen Lord of the Rings?
1: I love Lord of the Rings. Okay,
0: good. So you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm so
1: impressed that you made through three movies with a year old. I was in
0: love. Me. Like, like that's, I was that's just insane. captivated by Lord of the Rings. Because that's
1: nearly nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> of, of strict film.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, my sister didn't last. My sister bailed, and she found it scary. She was two years younger than me. Mm-hmm. But I was like captivated, mm-hmm. and the exact pinpoint moment for me where I was like oh my god I want to work in the film industry was when just after the fellowship has been formed and they've left um Riverdale Riverdale whatever it's called
1: not Riverdale yeah yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I always get that mixed up now that the tv shows come out Mm -hmm. Um, but they've left there and they're all walking in a single line up the up the mountain Mm -hmm. and they kind of go through the there's like those two big boulders yeah. and they walk through that and it's the first time they kind of play the fellowship soundtrack A soundtrack. yeah. And each character walks through the stones and they're looking dramatically off into the distance and they're kind of just showing the characters mm-hmm. and I got goosebumps and I was like, Oh my God, that's like, I want to make something like this. Um, and obviously when you're seven or eight, you're like, I'm, I'm going to be an actress. Like that's how I'm going to get into the yep. film industry. mm mm-hmm. And I kind of grew out of that and then went back into it when I started getting. I was really good at drama in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of these drama theater kids. Cool. Can't sing to save my life, but I did all the musicals anyway. And like, I loved it. I loved being on stage. Um, so, grade 10, I was like, I'm going to be an actress. That's right. what I am going to do. Right. Um, I'm really glad I didn't. My. When I was. In grade 12, we had a drama teacher and I was very close with my drama teacher. Her and I, you know how sometimes you get a real bond with your high, a high school, uh, one a sp- teacher. Yeah, a specific teacher. She yep. was kind of my bond. I would go to her for anything. She was a great support network, especially in grade 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. And um, she kind of sat me down and was very realistic about the acting industry. She was like, you know, and she started this when I was in grade 10 being like, I'm going to be an actress. She was like, I support that you want to be an actress, but a lot of people don't make it as actresses. You've like, you live in a small town in Southeast Queensland. Like she was like, talk me through your plan to become an actress. What do you actually, how do you plan on getting there? And I had no idea.
1: Yeah. How, how yeah. do you know?
0: And so when I went into grade 11, um, I was really bad at math, right? So bad at math that my principal was concerned because I was going for an OP. I would have to do OP math, which means I would bring the school average down. Um, I was that bad. I was failing pre-book math. Um, and the solution to that was for me to not do math at all in grade 11 and 12. Right. And they sent me off to TAFE for the final two years of my schooling. And I did film and TV at TAFE. Um, instead of math, so every Thursday, oh no, it was every Friday I would not go to school or go TAFE and I would do film at TAFE all day. Right. And so that was kind of my introduction to behind the scenes of film and TV Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I thrived in it, Mm -hmm. but then when it was time to graduate and pick uni, yeah, you you go and you see the counselor, they were like, you know, film isn't really a viable industry you should go do this general degree um, mm-hmm. and dabble in everything. See what you like, see what you don't like. I was like, that sounds reasonable. Like, mm-hmm. why not? So I put my two preferences in and the uni I ended up getting into, the one I was talking about earlier, was my second preference. I wanted to go to – I can I want to go to QT and do their creative arts degree, but I didn't get into there. And so I had the option to either wait to hear if I got into – um QUT or just accept my invitation to the Southern Uni and looking back at it I really wish that I had waited because I took this degree because of a boy um I had a crush on a boy and he was going I knew he was going to UQ and I was like oh like if I go to UQ
1: we'll fall in love yeah
0: we'll see each other more and it will be romantic didn't I don't think I saw him once at UQ it was a really dumb decision (laughs)
1: It's, it's such a school yeah I remember when I went there in high school, and I was like, "This, like, St. Louis campus." Yeah, it looks like, like Hogwarts. This is ridiculous. Yeah. like we we did a tour, and we didn't get through the whole school. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't do a day tour and see every single part of the yeah, campus.
0: Absolutely massive. Looks Madness. like like beautiful, so beautiful. Yeah. Looks like Hogwarts, but when you grow up in that small town, one house, one school, and then you go to something like that, it's very daunting.
1: What I loved about USQ was it was. A lot like because a lot of my mates they all went to UQ and QT, and when I came here, like it was a lot smaller, like they were in yeah, they were in hundred room, hundred people classrooms. Mm. I've got four people in my class, yeah. I can email my lecturer and get a response back,
0: and that's the that thing. same
1: day. They can't do that, they have yeah. to go to lectures, they have to um, be involved because there's just so many people. Like, I, I, and if the lecturer emailed every single kid personally, mm-hmm. that's all they do every single day. Yeah. So, you know,
0: I, that, and I think that's why I struggled at that bigger university is there were 400 people in my lecture and I was like, how do you even make friends when there's 400 people and most of them already know each other because they all went to private schools in Brisbane Yeah. and I'm coming from outside of that little bubble and mm-hmm. um, And like the lecturers didn't know who you were. And that's why I'm really, I think I do better here because I know all my, I'm friends with my lecturers on Facebook. I can message them if I want their advice or anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's really valuable.
1: And like this uni on average gets more people into jobs. And I really do think that's just from the fact that you get more specific one-on-one time Mm -hmm. with. Just industry yeah. fellows like like Spencer House. We have Spencer House. Yeah, we have Spencer. I can message him on Facebook right now and he'll no, get back to my me. My
0: dad is the biggest fangirl for Spencer as well. Every time that comes up that Spencer and I have been tagged in something together on Facebook with Phoenix Radio, he's like, oh, did you see Spencer today? I was like, dad, I see Spencer almost every day.
1: <laughs> and that's so – like we're so spoiled with that. Yeah. And like like yeah, like we talk – I talk to him nearly every day about, you know, getting – getting a job mm-hmm. it's like what is happening yeah <laughs> because you know like so many of my aunties and uncles it's like dude i listen to him like every single yeah. morning for years my family's and then the now same. you're just like talking to him mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely nuts and that all comes from this school and this wonderful mm-hmm. phoenix very true phoenix radio um stuff so you talk to your counselor they're like look Every every single person there is like, don't do film. Yeah, it's film. Yeah, don't do it. Don't
0: do it. There's no work in film.
1: Okay. Um. Do you so do you actually do your op? Can you do your op without studying maths? Or... Yeah,
0: you can. Yeah? I I did my op. Okay. Um. Before grade eleven, I was very academic, like book smart. Mm-hmm. I did really well in English, religion, science. Like I really applied myself. Mm-hmm. And then I got into grade 11 and 12, and because I didn't know what to do, I wasn't trying for anything. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have a goal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, I want to be a marine biologist, so I need to get an OP2, so I need to really apply myself to biology. Mm-hmm. I did biology. I was average at it. Um, I did it because I wanted to go to the biology school camp at the end of every year, because that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I did a right. I got an OP12. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, you know, the average kind of point for OPs. I know it's a new system now. They do ATAR. Yeah. So, I don't know how OP compares to
1: Yeah, it's ATAR. a it's a rank. And I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and they were kind of – they said, like, like, a 59 is, like, a 10. Mm. So, I really need to understand that because, yeah, I – because, like, I really do think high school students could benefit from this. Yeah. And – when we say op, they probably think like they would ask like what the dinosaurs were like.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be that old already. Yeah, I, I guess that's terrifying.
1: Um, but yeah, so what op did you need to get into the course that you eventually did? Do you
0: um, want I think I was like an eleven. Okay, and I got twelve and I still got in.
1: Okay, cool. Um, that's like that's a really good score. I got a fourteen. Well, yeah, and I was like, and I kind of did. I didn't know what nobody wanted to do. So when they were like, "What do you want to do the rest of your life?" I was like, "I have no idea." So I'll just do like modern history and mm-hmm. art and IT because I didn't really know what I want to do. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna do classes I want to do. Mm-hmm. I can't draw or paint, and I did senior <laughs> art. Like I would just get a C minus because um, my teacher just liked me. Yeah. But everyone, for effort. But everyone would, you know, take the take those. Yeah. I I I swear to God, like I can't draw or paint. And I'm in a class where these kids are like Picasso. Yeah. And I'm doing stick figures. <laughs> <laughs> and I just relied on, like, I would, because you'd get to do like the 2000 word essay about yeah. your art. So I would talk You're just about. really going to write a good essay? I would talk about my dog's breakfast, and it would just be enough to get me a C minus. And that was just a pity. Thing. Yeah. But, um yeah, I just literally just did things that I wanted to do. Because mm-hmm. I, like, even in year 10, I was like, this is the stupidest question I've ever been asked. At 15, mm-hmm. what do I want to do? It I, is.
0: It's so daunting when you're 15, 16, 17, and they're like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah. I, I think at the time I was like, game design because I play mm. COD. You know, like mm-hmm. that's that was my mindset back th- I I know there were kids that had an idea. Good for you. But I think it'd be like, do you have any idea what you want to do? No, that's okay. Pick classes you want to do. Yeah. That's, that's how the question should go. But oh, well. Okay. So now we we struggle, we struggle at the the uni that we've and you fail a few classes yeah. and you decide it was just too much and it wasn't the right thing for you. Yeah. It is what it is that have like pretty much every single person I've had in here has struggled. I've failed classes, mm-hmm. like it happens to everyone. But you reset and I you didn't. find that you want to do film like you get into Bachelor of Creative Arts, Film, TV and Radio at USQ. Yes,
0: on accident.
1: On accident. So tell me about that and then let's get right into USQ because there's nothing more i like to talk about more than USQ.
0: Um, So I'd done a year and a half at this other uni. I dropped out, took a year and a half off mm-hmm. and my parents were on my back. I was just working at KFC. I wasn't bringing in much money. They were like Gabby you're 20 years old, what are you going to do? Like, you can't just work at KFC for the rest of your life. You're, like, working two shifts a week. Like, oh,
1: okay, so, you so need
0: <laughs> to sort something out.
1: It wasn't like you're, like, like smashing out the yeah, hours no, and stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Two, like, two two, I
0: was getting, like, two shifts a week. <laughs> they
1: try to call you on a Friday and you're, like, oh, mate, slow yeah, down. i got they'll, things they'll to do. Call <laughs> me in,
0: they'll call me in for a weekend shift. I'm, like, nah, I'm busy and I'll Dude, go to the valley instead. Yeah, how am I going like,
1: like, to watch Vampire Diaries exactly. and get plastered with the girls? Exactly. Uh-huh. And,
0: um... My parents weren't keen on it. Like, my mom's a nurse and my dad works for the government. They're very, like, well distinguished in their Mm -hmm. fields of work. So they were not impressed that their oldest daughter was doing nothing with their life when their youngest daughter had just gotten accepted into a dual degree of law and psychology. (laughs) So you can only imagine that.
1: I bet you, was, like, you were giving your sister some strap. You're like, yeah, you would, huh?
0: Yeah, she was giving you... me some strap. Oh. We would get in the fights. Yeah, And she's... she'd be like, what are you doing with your yeah, life, yeah, Gabby? I'm arms. doing a dual degree of law and psychology. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm figuring I'm finding myself. Yeah,
1: well, I'm a shift manager at KFC.
0: Exactly. <laughs> 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 it's really bad because she was a manager at Macca's, so I couldn't oh, even <laughs> one-up. <Jesus>. <laughs> uh... She was, like, school captain. She got an OP2, like... She's the worst little sister you can compare yourself to. She's, like, a size zero professional dancer. She joined the circus at one point, like... And I'm just here with my two shifts a, a week at KFC, bringing in no money, no degree. Just chilling.
1: <laughs> I have tears in my eyes because it's just, like... It's like a character in a movie. Yeah, literally. Your sister literally. is going to be the Prime Minister. Yeah. And, and we're smashing her, out two-a-day two, a day, two day weeks. Is, oh, um, mate.
0: Yeah, getting drunk every weekend. Like. <laughs> I did not paint a good picture for myself, for my family for a few years. Yeah, I was
1: like, I bet you can't do beer bongs, mate. Yeah, huh? exactly.
0: But Come you on, can't mate. do five shots in a row. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, your sister's perfect and you're the worst. Go yes, on. Exactly. Yes, exactly.
0: And so, I was copying a lot of grief from all my family. And then my aunties and cousins gained onto it oh. because my cousin, who's seven months older than me, like, brought a house and was like, had just become a solicitor and... My other cousin became, like, a cop or something. So I was literally the black sheep of the family. Like, they all either work in law, politics, or the medical profession. And I'm here as the black sheep wanting to do something creative.
1: Now, like, we are joking about it and laughing about it. But, like, that would have been extreme. I'm sure that would have been extremely difficult. It it really was. There were some... That would have really hurt. There
0: were some family dinners. Because I'm very close with my extended family. We have a lot of family dinners. We grew up on the same street. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hard sometimes when you've dropped out of uni, you're not doing anything. And your family looks at you like you're a failure because everyone else around you are doing amazing things.
1: And they're trying to give you advice and yeah. trying to trying to push you there out and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah they all like, the why don't you
0: just enroll and become like a counselor or something? I was mm. like, I don't want to be a counselor. Um, and so I took it upon myself to start being like, okay, what... What am I going to do? Because I did really enjoy archaeology when I did that. Um, I thought about going back and doing that as like the sole thing instead of doing a general degree. I was like, you know, I'll go do archaeology. I don't know if you've seen the mummy the Mummy movie with Brendan mm. Fraser. I was like, I'm going to go be like Rachel Weisz's uh, character. I'm right, going to go cool. be a librarian in Egypt. like.
1: I do remember when we did the day over at their campus and they did like an archaeology thing yeah. where like they had like the bones there yeah. and you go and you dust it and it was really cool. Yeah,
0: it was amazing. But mm-hmm. um, I was like, you know, like that's a lot of essays. And yeah. I like, it's something, I got good marks, but it was like you had to really apply yourself. And it's a really hard industry to break into as mm-hmm. well. Like archaeology, how many archaeologists do you know?
1: Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Graham Norton? Is he? <laughs> Graham I, Norton. <laughs> i I watched the Joe Rogan podcast once and then my dad kept going on about it because he liked it. Um, yes, go
0: on. Keep um, speaking. <laughs> by, <laughs> well, I try and up, make he... a fool of myself. Yeah, we'll just go with Brendan Fraser. He was an archaeologist in the Mummy movie. Um, okay. so I thought about doing that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? <laughs>
1: I knew Graham Norton wasn't an it. And it's this guy. It's the... It's the yeah, guy. yeah, it's, it's the, 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 great, that's yeah, the Graham it's Norton a, show yeah, with it's the it's celebrities. Great, yeah. Can you
0: imagine him in his colourful suits? Like, <sighs> in, in, like... Egypt desert with like a toothpick, like nailing and some stuff. He
1: does look like he looks like one of the bad guys from Indiana Jones <laughs> anyway, like the guys with the you know the big hats, like the, You're big, not wrong. the big white.
0: <laughs> you you are not wrong. Um, so I d- decided to follow not in Graham Norton's footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so.
1: Rude.
0: I um I also didn't want to trek into Brisbane. It was took me. An hour and a half to two hours on public transport to Mm. get into. Oh yeah, I didn't have a car. I didn't have my license yet, Mm. so um, that only keeps adding to the black sheep of the family. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh,
1: that's another. Yeah, they kill you for that stuff, hey. Yeah, Yeah. and
0: then I came across USQ, and I knew about USQ, but Mm. when I graduated school, USQ was still very, very new, especially the film department.
1: Graham Hancock.
0: Is that Graham who it is? Hancock. Graham Hancock. That's who I'm speaking about.
1: <laughs> I was so close. I'm so sorry. Please come. Oh my on. gosh, you were all good. I, you learn something
0: it. new every day. I didn't I, know that.
1: I couldn't go out <laughs> like that. I couldn't go out <laughs> having Graham Norton as the last thing I said. So we're back. We're back. I'm we're a back great, on track. I'm a great host. I promise.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, I came across USQ and I saw that they did film, TV, and radio. And I was like, oh, radio would be cool, like Hamish and Andy, like that kind of stuff. The only university that has a, has radio as a subject, I was like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, So I emailed the – I don't even know who – just a general inquiry about how I would go enrolling at USQ for the semester one 2018 because by then it's been three years since I've graduated high school. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, does my OP still even count? Mm. Um. Do I have to enroll through QTAC? And mm-hmm. by the time I'd miss the enrollment degree, I would have had to pay like $170 just to put in my application.
1: Yeah, Yet. They make you pay just to apply. That's not even a guarantee that you get. Yeah, to, that's exactly. just to get to apply. And on
0: my two shifts at KFC, I was like, that's a lot of money. That's like, madness. That's like a few drinks it's on like the a, weekend.
1: Like, where are you going?
0: <laughs> I mean, cocktail. Like, you get fancy cocktails. And why and... are you
1: buying drinks? Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's usually, with my two usually
1: not how it works for the opposite sex. True. Okay, you leave that up to us.
0: <laughs> um, so I sent off an email as a general inquiry about how do I imply. and they were like, "Okay, you graduated however long ago? Do you have a have you done tape?" And I was like, "Yeah, I completed a Cert three in film, TV, and radio," and they're like, "Okay, cool. Can you send that to us?" And so I sent it to them. And then a week later, I got an email and it was like, congratulations, you've been accepted into USQ. Wow. I was like, wait, what? Turns out the people that I were emailing thought that they were helping me enroll. And because I had done a TAFE certificate, I got automatic entrance. Wow. Um, and so I was just, I think it was like, because like, teenage, like you don't check your emails unless you're kind of expecting something when you're younger. And it was just a fluke that I was like, I'll oh, check my emails. It was two o'clock in the morning. Like, and just sat in my bed at two o'clock in the morning. Look at my, looking at my acceptance email. And I was like,
1: I, um, you says um, is room, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> look what I accidentally did. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was like, all right, well, looks like I'm going to uni in a few months. And I told my parents the next day and my dad was like, Are you serious? I was like, yeah. And he was like you accidentally enrolled into university. I was like, Yep. I was like, you want me to do something with my life and I've accidentally figured it out.
1: I love that. So
0: now I'm here. <laughs> That's
1: such a story. Yeah. Because like you just like, you know, you liked you liked doing a little bit of film to be yeah, ready. Did, cool did it in and... high school. Yeah. It saves you money and yeah. it gets you instantly accepted.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's worth if you're not sure, it is definitely worth contacting. It doesn't even have to be your skill. Contact any university if you're not sure and just be like, hey, what do I do? How do I go about enrolling? Because another thing is that I had such a bad GPA from UQ. I was mm-hmm. like, I can't, it's not as easy for me to just transfer over because my GPA was like 3.4 because right. I failed a bunch of classes, mm-hmm. panicked and dropped out. I didn't mm-hmm. try to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't even fall back on that. Mm-hmm. And I was really lucky that, usq was so great with letting me come in
1: yeah it's it is the best now let's talk about why it's the best tell me tell me about your time at at usq
0: um okay so i started semester one 2018 it is now the end of 2020 the Mm -hmm. degree i am doing is a three-year degree but i'm not graduating until june next year yes um so, I love it here. So, three and a half years. Yeah, it it's, it's three and a half and years And you have a great me. reason why, which I do, we will get I into do. soon. Yes. Um, I I was really worried actually coming in being three years older than most of the students that would be enrolling in semester one 2018. You know, like a lot of people come in straight from high school and I was like, I'm going to be a mature age student. Like, I'm going to be so much older than these people. I'm not going to fit in. And so that reinforced fear that I had at that other university of not making friends made me really anxious to start. But um, I guess I tried harder to make friends here, but it was so easier because the classes are so small and you mm-hmm. get to know everyone so quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was really lucky that I made a few friends on my first day or in that first week. Um, Zane Harvey, who's always around, him and I now dating. We, yep. the Our whole first year, we were just mates. Like there was nothing... And he'll say the same. There was nothing there. We just clicked and vibed really well. We worked together on all our group assignments. It wasn't until we both became single in our second year and we got to know each other a bit better. We were like, you know, maybe we should see if there is anything there. Turns out there was. Um, So I've really thrived here. Um, Living so close, I think, definitely helps because you can be around and more Mm. involved on your days off. You can actually come in and sit in and meet everyone and get to know the other years.
1: Just hang out. Yeah.
0: Um, form those relationships with your lecturers. And my voice is shaking. I don't know why. <laughs> um, form those relationships with the people in the year above you, year below you. And you kind of eventually start to become a mentor for the people that are in those years younger than you, mm-hmm. which I've actually really, really enjoyed. Um getting to know the second years Mm -hmm. and helping them with any questions that they have because I remember what it was like to be a second year in your university Mm -hmm. and it can be hard and daunting.
1: And I think it's a great way to learn yourself by teaching someone else. Mm -hmm. I think that really, any position where I've ever been in, like a Mm -hmm. learning or a teaching type state, like I've really learned a lot about myself and about whatever I was doing, whether it is at my other job where I work at a fast food or just things around here yeah
0: yeah. and in my second year a lot of the third years really helped me they taught me a lot and I um became really good friends with some of them Mm -hmm. and so that definitely made me want to help those younger students as well Mm -hmm. because I had that big help and I was so thankful Mm -hmm. so I don't know there's a really good support network here I think Mm -hmm. and I think that's really really important in order to thrive
1: there's an amazing culture here. And just as you said there, people helped you. So you felt the urge to help mm-hmm. the next people and y- the next people are going to. And it just goes on like that, mm-hmm. which is just shows the culture mm-hmm. of the um, film, TV and radio students around here. It's very
0: true. Like some other universities, they're kind of like, huh, you're just first year or ha, huh, you're just the second year. Like you're nothing to us. Whereas
1: well, most of it, they just don't acknowledge you. Yeah, they just don't you acknowledge you. Barely exist. because yeah. you're one of thousands, thousands of, people of people at that school.
0: Whereas here, like, it's so different. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I'm friendly with most people. Like, naturally, there's some people that you don't get along with mm. and you don't like. But like, you don't have to be best friends with everyone you meet in the world. Like, mm-hmm. that's not how the world works. Mm-hmm. So, putting those feelings aside when you don't necessarily like someone and being able to work with them in a professional capacity still is so important. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that USQ really teaches you as well Mm -hmm. because, you know, everyone is friends Mm -hmm. and there is that big support network Mm -hmm. and I thrive off that. I really, I need that support network. I think I struggle without it. And I think a lot of people fresh out of school really need that support network. And EOSQ is a place to get it, really, if you're thinking about it.
1: 100%. So, as we were saying before, there was a reason why you're not going to just smash out your degree in three years. It's not yes. like me from failing classes and doing <laughs> three subject semesters because I was lazy. You actually went to Denmark.
0: I did. I studied abroad at the beginning of this year.
1: With your partner? Yeah. Who does the same degree? Yeah,
0: with my partner who does the same degree. We both went.
1: That's amazing. It
0: is amazing. That's awesome. Um, so, coming into coming into university when I was considering re-enrolling after my year and a half off was something I did want to do was study abroad. I had that in the back of my mind. I was like, you know, I've grown up traveling. I want to eventually permanently live abroad. I was like living abroad for six months and studying is the perfect tester to see if I can do that. Mm. And I kind of forgot about it a little bit in my first year, beginning of my second year. And it wasn't until I saw a poster. And it was like, hey, like, come talk to us if you're interested in studying studying abroad. I was like, I want, I forgot about that. Like, that's, I want to do that. And I told my, I told my boyfriend about it. He wasn't yet my boyfriend, but like, we were starting to talk a little bit more. And he was like, you can even do that. He was like, that's an option. I had no idea. I was like, yeah, it's an option. Like, you get funding and like, depending on how your GPA is, depends on how much funding you get. And you like. Kind of like when you apply for uni, you put rankings for what universities you want to study abroad at and which countries, depending on your GPA will depend on which one you get into, because a lot of people might want to go and do journalism in the UK. Mm-hmm. So they take you in by your OP, or mm. not OP, your GPA. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I've am i got a like high GPA, so I wasn't concerned about not getting in. I was just like, I just need to fill out the paperwork. I need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So... Him, Zayn and I started getting in contact with the people, study abroad, talking to them about it, talking to them about the options. There's actually a part of the USQ website that lists all the countries that USQ has a partnership with. And there's so many, like there's so <laughs> many countries and universities all over the world that you can go study at. It's amazing. And um, we were filtering through the film ones and a lot of them were theory degrees. Okay. And we were like, we don't want to go... So, like, one of the options was, like, Essex in England. Right. And they had film, but it was mostly theory. Right. And both of us were like, we do a really practical degree. We don't want to go and do a theory degree. Yeah,
1: because you go study abroad, and then you just got your head in a book for six months. Yeah. And, then, uh, and,
0: and then, by fluke, we came across um, VR in Denmark. And it was a completely, very similar to USQ, completely practical film degree, but teaches you VR and like how to use 360 cameras and transmedia and AR and kind of like a whole new world of filmmaking technology that hasn't come to Australia yet. Wow. It's starting to come here now, but it's already really big in Europe. Okay. And we were like, that sounds so cool. And I was like, that's something that we both really interested in. And we applied and we got in, we got funding. And I don't know if I can say how much we got given, from the government and the university.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure either. Maybe we we'll talk about it after.
0: Yeah. Um, we got a lot of money each to
1: you go. Were, you were pretty well supported. We were
0: very well supported. It basically covered all our flights, our visas, our rents for six months. Like, it was... So,
1: so the two days at KFC and you're still right yeah, to get over to Denmark days, for six months. two
0: days at KFC. Jesus, And Jesus. I had... Like literally no money. I had like $1,000 in the bank. I was like, I can't afford to go abroad, but I'm going to look into it anyway. And then I ended up having more money than I've ever had in my life. And that honestly, even coming back from Denmark, I still have from that support that we were given, I still have more money than I've ever had (laughs) in my
1: life. So you just get to keep it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like (laughs) they give you, once you get accepted they transfer you the money into your account and they're kind of like do with it as you wish. Like you can use it to pay for your flights, you can use it for living expenses. Like they don't, they don't follow up on it really. Um, But there's conditions. Like if you decide to not go or if you drop out, you have to get the money back. You have to complete your time over there and come back. Um, you
1: have to go to Denmark for 6 months. Yeah,
0: exactly. You have to go live overseas. And then they
1: give you money. <laughs>
0: they give you money.
1: It's not how things work.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that really helped and all because of that I was able to go and have 6 months in another country, make amazing lifelong friends that I I came back on the 19th of June, we flew back. And the friends that I made over there, I've still spoken to almost every day since we've, I've been back.
1: I'm so jealous. So that's
0: like five months and they live all over the world because the class we did was a abroad class. Wow. It was like local Danes could do it mm-hmm. via students could mm-hmm. do it, but it was mainly international students. Mm. So there were like three people from Canada, um, one from Germany, one from Vienna, but they both studied them in the Netherlands. Right. Um, there was a girl from Italy, a girl from Switzerland, a guy from Finland, like. Everywhere. Wow. Um, and it was the first time that I had sat in a room with a bunch of people, all my age as well. They were all in their early to mid-20s. Cool. Sat with them in the room. We all came from different places. Nobody knew each other. Everyone spoke different languages. <laughs> and we became a family. Um, and I missed them so much. There were 18 people all up in my class over there. And yeah, speak to them all the time. They were amazing friends and they all are working in the industry that mm. I am also trying to get into. The Some of them do marketing, some of them do camera, some of them like marketing, advertising, some of them like directing, producing, like they're international contacts that I'm and now going to have the in the industry for the rest of your for life. For the rest of my life.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's like. So How did you get through the language barrier?
0: Um. Well, luckily... Kind of, I did have that backup support in my mind growing up traveling abroad a lot. I was like, you know, a lot of people speak English. Right. Like, you, the way to look at it is that people from France speak French, people from Russia speak Russian. But if they are in Germany, they can't communicate with each other, whereas everyone speaks English. So, English is kind of the communal language where they have different ranges of how well they speak English, mm-hmm. but everyone speaks basic English.
1: Okay, great.
0: And so I guess we're really lucky in the sense that we live in a country where English is our main language mm-hmm. so that we can communicate with most people in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the language barrier actually wasn't that hard, like living in a country where I didn't speak a word of Danish. Mm-hmm. I still don't speak a word of Danish. It's a really difficult language to learn. I think I learned like 5 words the whole time I was there.
1: Yeah. Um
0: but all the Danes speak English, all the other people from international classes speak English, like it was actually surprisingly easy to integrate yourself into the culture and lifestyle of another country if you're willing to adapt, I guess. Right. Like you can't go there and be like it's going to be exactly like Australia, mm-hmm. like you need to, like, you learn the basics, thank you, please, hi, hello. Mm-hmm. But that's enough to get you by because they can tell by your accent that you don't speak yeah, Danish.
1: Right. So, they, like,
0: for example, thank you is tak
1: mm-hmm. or
0: tak. It's been a while. <sighs> but you can, they can tell just by you saying that because your accent's wrong.
1: Well, that'd be the exact same thing if a man from China or all. Exactly. Or exact, like they speak they...
0: English, but you hear the accent yeah. and you're, you're like, okay, English then you f- isn't your first. then you
1: focus more and you understand yeah. it's not going to be an uh, easy yeah. free fine conversation. Yeah, great. So like, what about things like like if you're at the restaurant, like how do you how do you order the Parmi? You know what I mean? Like how you that how do you, order? you don't? There's yeah. no Parmi.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we we became really good friends with um, Emily and Vicky. So Emily was from Germany, Vicky was from Austria, but the two of them had studied in the Netherlands together, so they knew German. Um. Dutch and English and a few other languages. And they actually taught us how to make traditional German schnitzel. So (laughs) every time we would go to a restaurant and even now, now that we're back here, we'll send them photos of the schnitzels we get at the pub and they're like, that's not a real schnitzel, like that kind of thing. But when it comes to like ordering food at the restaurant, a lot of the menus are in English.
1: You can ask
0: for an English menu.
1: Okay, Um,
0: Either, like, the name of the dish will be in Danish, and then the name of the dish will be smaller in English under it. Yeah. And then it has an explanation in English of what the dish is. Cool. Um, That was my experience with ordering Mm -hmm. abroad. Um, But we also lived in the second biggest city in Denmark. We lived in a little, like, a place called Aarhus. Mm -hmm. Um, The capital C is Copenhagen. So, after the capital C, it's the next best thing. Right. So, it was. it's known as a very international city anyway. They okay. do get a lot of international people. It's also known as the student city. Right. Um, 95% of the population of that city are under 28 years old. Wow. Um. So, it was, it's very young, youthful. Yep. So, n- I guess the younger the people are in Europe, the more inclined they are to speak English. Yep. A lot of the older generations be more, yeah. don't. Yep. But I think that has to do more with TV as well. Like... Yep. They're watching a lot of American TV. So they all have a little bit of an American or British accent because of the TV they watch.
1: Right. All right. So now you're back here. Yes. Back here in Australia. It's nice and warm for mm-hmm. you. I'm sure that must be so lovely coming back from Denmark. To yeah. it just <laughs> we must...
0: landed and it was three degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cold. The whole time it was cold. That's nuts. Yeah.
1: But you're back here. I am back. And I want to talk about your show. Mm-hmm. So you only have the one show. Yes. Six or seven. Yes. Tuesday. Yes. Uh, tell me about
0: it. Um, so we're called the Peanut Butter Jelly Show. <laughs> I do it. I'm Peanut. My boyfriend is Zane. He is Butter. And then we have a friend called Tyler in his jelly. And he panels the show, but he also talks and things. And the three of us are really good mates. And it's basically a show that um, we like to tell people that it's improv because we don't actually plan anything going into the show. Some people might call it laziness, we call it creative. <laughs> and so we we go into the show and we sit there and as the song before our show starts or finishing, we're like, "All right, what are we going to yeah, talk we're, about?" Yeah, we're going to chat about. And we just wing it. And yeah. so we'll decide we each pick a segment that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um and it tends to be life stories like things that are either happening with us at the moment or things that have previously happened with us and we relate to each other about those things. Cool. A lot of laughs, mm-hmm. a lot of talking, a lot of smack. Mm-hmm. Um dump button gets pressed a few times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> unless Tyler's just yeah, not unless Tyler's not listening
0: and then he might miss a few times and then we're all like, Oh no, what just went to air? But mm-hmm. um it's a later time slot, like <laughs> I take it back. It's not. It's still important that we hit the dumb button, yes. Spencer. I yes. agree. But um, accidents can happen. Yes.
1: Please be nice. Yes. Please let us keep this in the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tell me about the future. What, the future. What are, you, what are you? What are your plans?
0: Um, obviously, I want to. I'm doing film, TV and radio. I love all three departments equally. Mm-hmm. I'm an unbiased parent in that aspect, but I think realistically looking forward, I see myself in the film TV production industry. So not news. I could see myself working in radio, but it's not. And Spencer's gonna hate me. It's not where my heart is. I, I don't guess.
1: know if we're gonna be able to post this episode. I, know, I think Spencer's I gonna rip. Spencer's just gonna, gonna be...
0: get to the end and be like, "Cut it." <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's gonna send me a nice little abrupt message and be like, yes. "This is not."
0: God. Look, I love I love radio, but the great thing about coming here is that you get to do film, TV, and radio, and you get to learn skills across all three platforms, and, and you get to
1: make your decision. And you get
0: to make your decision without a bias influence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spencer, <laughs> don't hate me. Um, I th- look. I think I see myself working in the film, TV industry, mm-hmm. um, creative production, drama, that kind of thing. And it's just taking the stepping stones to get there. So, I just finished a internship on a show called Holy Moly. Yep. That's going broadcasted on Channel 7. Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished doing that. Um, I made some amazing. Which is
1: amazing, by the way. Yeah. Congratulations. It was am-
0: I got to work with Sonia Kruger for like a whole week. I was her producer's assistant. So I was doing her auto cue, and she's like lovely, like.
1: It's amazing. It was amazing. And, she, and she's lovely.
0: She's lovely. Yeah. Like on my first night there, because the whole crew knew it was my first night ever on the set. Um, my producer um, kind of went around and told everyone like, go easy on her. She's here to learn. She's never been on a set before. Um, and when Sonia Kruger found out, she actually like sat down with me for the break for like an hour and was just like, you know, like, what do you think about the industry? What do you want to do? Like, what have you done so far? She like really like spoke to me. About like realistically how it is, and I learned a lot from just talking to her and talking to the camera operators that were working on the show and the other producers. They were all so lovely and welcoming, and like I've got all their numbers now. And that's been... going to be
1: crucial to your career for the next half exactly. Long.
0: And they always say it's not what you know it's to, you know. Yep. And doing those opportunities that come up, you get to know those people. Yep. And that's the difference between making it in the industry and graduating and being like. I haven't started yet. I don't know what to do. Which
1: is something that I did. Yeah. I, I didn't make enough connections. Mm-hmm. I didn't branch out and try enough things. And I started in this radio thing later than what I wanted to do. Yeah. So when I hear you studying abroad and doing all these things, one, I get jealous and <laughs> I've, I feel like you to your sister. And I know.
0: that's And that is the thing. It's now flipped. It's and I'm really, I'm really like not happy about it. But, um, like, you know, I got to go live abroad and I'm doing all these things and she's still doing really well, but mm. we're now on an even playing field yeah, yeah. and it feels a bit nicer.
1: Your family should be much more proud of you they than are. when you were dropping cruises and yes, smashing out your tour day exactly. at KFC.
0: Exactly.
1: Gabrielle, it's been amazing to speak to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you uh, for having me. Would there be anything that you would like to plug before I let you go? Um.
0: Honestly, just whether or not you want to – if you're thinking about going to uni, go and look at all your options. Go really find something that you want to do, not what your parents are trying to make you do, not what the school counsellor is trying to advise you to do. Really think about what you see yourself doing because you don't have to do something that you're not going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um and you, you're not gonna
1: fry it you're like you're not gonna exactly. be successful
0: and you really thrive on what you love
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think find what you love and just go and do it and don't listen to the negative opinions <laughs> just have fun try your hardest and see where you end up
1: that is amazing advice please listen to her she is the best gabrielle goodbye until next time this is uni Life.
0: High achieving year 12 students, who put the University of Southern Queensland first on their QTAC application could become rewarded. Automatic scholarships up to $29,000 are on offer. Make USQ your first choice and join the number one university in Australia for graduate starting salary. Visit usq.edu.au slash become rewarded for more details.